Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Carl McKenna and our fan guest today, Matt Smith. Guys, we're coming off the back of a 2-0 home defeat to Newcastle. Uh, tensions running high, I can imagine. Lee, what are your thoughts? Um, thoughts are, I'm going to have to be careful with what I say um, because I know we're trying to put out some good content. Um, however, we, we've just spoke off air. We wonder why why people and the media don't take Everton seriously. Well, there's your answer right there. Just watch that game back. Uh, and that is why we're not taking seriously, mate. That was embarrassing. Um, you know, co- if you put everything into context in terms of the opportunity that we had in front of us today after um, the results that have gone in the week, we're an early kick-off, a chance to put a marker down um, with, with the rest of the weekend games to come. The level of the opposition... We're talking about a Newcastle side who have, um, if they had lost today, it would have been the worst run in a century. They've scored three goals in 10 games. Um, and we turn up and put a, a performance as abject as that. Um, I'd like to say it's surprising, but it's, it's not really, is it? Because we've seen it all too often. Every time we get a whiff of an opportunity where we can really kick on, um, we we absolutely go to pieces and all too often put in a, a performance as shambolic as that. We were easy to set up against. Um, it was slow. Um, I think the, the plan to put Coleman back in backfired because if, if, the, if the idea was, OK, we'll play full-backs that can get forwards or at home against Newcastle, he, he doesn't get forwards anymore. He, he gets the ball, he, he traps it and he, and he cuts back inside and passes it to Yerry Mina. That's all he does. I'm not going to single out Seamus Coleman, by the way, because every single one of them on that pitch today were, were disgustingly bad, apart from James Rodriguez, I'd say. But, um, yeah, Mick, it, it's, a, it's a terrible result. And, and the fact that we've dropped six points against Newcastle, literally, I, I, I'm going to be sick in my mouth thinking about it because it's that bad. Mm. Carl, it first win since September the 12th for Newcastle. And they've done it in our own backyard. It, it doesn't get much worse, does it, really? No, Mick, um, sort of falling on from what Lee said, really. I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure whether I can pick any positives up from that game whatsoever. A um, few questions have got to be asked as well, haven't they, up from the board as well, I think, from that game, because we clearly lack in pace to break team down as well. We, ha- we haven't got no pace whatsoever in that team, and ultimately, I think that that's what cost us today again, and we got beat by pace, in my opinion, at Almiron. I mean, what, 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 I've never even heard of that, that geezer. And he's just been playing like Messi. You know, he's just literally just ran Digne off the park. And, you know, I'm just... I'm struggling to understand what what what, what the uh, motive was in that game there from the way it get go again. I just... I'm not going to single out anyone in particular, but I think Ancelotti's going to have to take a little look at himself after that performance because we we never even turned up from the word first whistle, mate. We, we didn't look like we were going to press. We didn't look like we had any enthusiasm. We didn't even look like we had an intensity. We just looked like a team. We thought that we could just go out there and stole the game. And in the Premier League, you can't, you can't do that. Every single game, you've got to be at it from the word get-go. You've got to be willing to knuckle down when needs and battle when also needs. Um, and I think, in a nutshell, what Lee said then, you know, this is the reason why we don't get no 
advertisement for like a, a contender to be top six and top four. The fans believe it, but the media must know more than what we know because they just push us to one side. Even when we win four games on the bounce, we're like not even mentioned, and it's just all there waiting for the bubble to burst before we even not we we don't know what's going to happen. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say, Mick. I'm, I'm struggling for words with that performance. I'll be honest. Mm, Matt, it's a bit of a trend setting, isn't there, really? You know, not beating these sort of teams at home. It, it, it's so deflating, isn't it? Yeah, well, to be honest with you, um, first of all, thanks very much for having me on. I wish uh, I was coming on in better circumstances. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, like, like the, I'm just echoing what the boys said. Everton won't be taken seriously for, never mind top four. I don't think we're going to get top four. You can't get expect to get top four when you're getting beaten by West Ham, Leeds, and Newcastle at home. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get top mm-hmm. four because sure. the, the cream will eventually rise to the top. And to be honest with you, everyone keeps saying we have two games in hand. Those two games in hand won't matter if we play like that against Man City and Aston Villa. So, in order for those two games to count, you have to win your games before you get to those two games in hand. And we're not doing that. We're dropping mm-hmm. points at home again. Like we sh- we shouldn't be dropping points at home against Leicester if we want to be top four and we're doing that everyone all the all the Everton fans thought we were going to win today I, I said it to the boys there during the week on Twitter that I think we should stick with the same back four because if we bring in Luca Dina at left back and bring in Seamus Coleman at right back we're going to be vulnerable to the break and that's what happened today we just weren't good enough all over the pitch um, I thought I thought during the first half the Corey was very good but that's about it there was nothing really to show home about at all Dominic Cavalloon I think was just restricted. Um, they targeted James Rodriguez big time. They kicked lumps out in the first half, and it worked because James Rodriguez didn't really create anything. So Newcastle's game plan worked. In fairness to them, they probably deserved to win the game. They came to Goodison Park. They matched us on all the stats by the last ten minutes of possession. They had more corners. They had more shots on goal. It just they were the better team today, and they beat a really really poor Everton side. Mm. Lee, there's there's no urgency in the Everton team, is there? You know, we're nil nil. You want us to come out the blocks fast. We don't come out the blocks fast, and we're half an hour in, and then we're an hour in, mm-hmm. and it's so laboured, isn't it? I know we've spoken before in the past about how laboured we can be, but there is just no urgency in this Everton team at times, is there? To so go out there and put a team to the sword? No, no. Um, we we were we were very quickly dragged down to their level today. Um, you know. Newcastle will get the plaudits and they'll get the comments saying, you know, they battled and, and they really showed some fight. Isn't that the bare minimum, what you expect? You know, these guys are paid an absolute fortune to go out and represent the shirt. Um, and that should be the minimum. You, you hear of all the great sides of the past. That, that's what they talk about. You've got to win your battles first before you can apply anything else. Um, there's no question that the 11 that we had on the pitch there is, is a lot better than Newcastle's 11. But if you allow yourself to be bullied and dominated and stifled in the way we were today, I mean, of course, they, they came out. It was clear what the game plan was. Kick James Rodriguez, kick Richarlison. Why weren't we kicking them back? Why wasn't uh, Captain Seamus in the referee's face? You know, why weren't we all surrounding the referee? You know, we hate it when other teams do it, but you, you've heard the likes of... You hear, you hear Carragher and Gerrard... You know, we hated them for doing it, but they come out, they've admitted it since the careers have finished. We, yeah, that was our plan. Get in the referee's face, influence them. Uh, why, do, why, why weren't we doing that today? 
win your battles first. And then once you've done that, you'd like to think that we can go in and impose ourselves on the game and allow the quality to shine through. But no, it was all too predictable. And, you know, you, you could just see, like you've just said there, half an hour, an hour, they, they grew in confidence. We grew in frustration, lacked ideas. Dominic Cavalier might as well not have been on the pitch today because we were never getting a, a, a sniff of an opportunity into him. It's um, it's something that we need to go away and, and have a, a long, hard look on the training ground and, and think, why does this keep happening? There's a theme. We're, you know, we're getting beat by really, really bad sides. The, 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 the dross of the Premier League at home. Why? Why does it keep happening? Because it's hard to put mm. it's hard to put your finger on one thing, isn't it? It's, mm. it's a collective. It, there's so many things which go wrong, but we're all, we're all sitting here. We're on, we're on Twitter scrolling through the game. Everyone's saying exactly the same thing. Saw this coming. Typical Everton. Um, it, it's it's a, it's a weekend ruiner, um, and it, it makes it all all the worse when it's an early kickoff. But oh, Mick, it's bad. It's really really bad. I don't know what else to say. Mm. Carl, it, I'm not sure if you've seen the, the stats, Carl, during the game, but uh, four out of five of the highest runners during the game were Newcastle players. So regardless of quality on the pitch, that just shows that they're outworking us. Now, that's unforgivable at home, isn't it, especially being at home, to be outworked? Yeah, well, I mean, without even looking at the stats, Mick, which I didn't for, for the, the answer to that question, uh, because I wasn't really in any mood to even impose any interest in that game near the last 20 minutes because obviously it, it already came and I knew what was going to come anyway um, with the changes and stuff like that when Gomez come on I knew I knew the game was over then but anyway um, yeah it's not it's you know it's unacceptable isn't it really when you think about it there's no no, no two ways to look at it Mick. The, the stats will probably read even worse than that eventually when we get down and nitty gritty with them and uh, Ben's back on <laughs> but uh, I think um, like I said before Armour on you know you could tell he, he had Luca Dean on, on, on toast didn't he let's have it right you know uh, you know, good job that St Maximum wasn't playing I think Coleman would have had the right problem on his hands with that side as well so um, it's it's not it's not not good and you can't really roll off, roll over at home and not put efforts in against a team that are really struggling. I mean, they've got to look at that, look at that themselves, though, haven't they, Mick? If you think about it logically, if you're not doing your job properly as a team or as an individual, you've got to take a look at yourself, Mick, and think, what is going on here? These are outworking us, and these aren't even fighting. They're fighting, like, they're fighting to stay in the Premier League. But what, what are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? This, this, this is the Everton. Like always, what are we playing this game of football for? Do we want to be winners? Do you want to compete? We'll go out on that field and take this Newcastle side by the scruff of the neck and dictate the ball 80% of the game. Do not let them settle in the game. And we did. And they grew in confidence. And then they, they spent blood. And it's, it's horrible to say, but... We've just been made the we've just been made the show off out of to be honest. Second half there, I've, I can see why they they grew into the game and were more were more work ethic, more desire, and and clearly as you said, they make the stats are unacceptable, aren't they? You know, what 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 are we? What is our desire? What is our desire? That's a question that every Everton players would ask when they sign for Everton, 
Ancelotti should ask them that as well. What is mm. your desire? Because I want to win. Ancelotti's a winner, Mick. Why, 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 why are we not like winning these games? Newcastle, West Ham, Southampton away. Why are we not like we're getting beat? We got beat two 0 again today. A double over the side that have been nothing but negativity and basically burned down relegation probably. And now they're gonna walk away from that and go. And they'll sound that Everton aren't they? Just love giving us six points. Like, like you know, it's 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 not um, it's not acceptable. And I, I personally think a few a few players need to take a little look at themselves. And I think Ancelotti is going to need to take a little look at the personnel he's playing in certain games. If that if that kind of makes sense, mm. like in certain games, Rodriguez, yeah, I thought today he would have been able to unlock um, their defence. But I think it, it we might sound a bit weird, but I'm not sure whether we all compensate for him in games like that today. Would have been better making them feel tired and then bringing them on and giving them space. You know, I don't know, maybe maybe it was a bit of a bad idea starting him because they were fresh. They knew exactly what to do. Maybe we should have brought him in, like, as a side, as a side string, like, go on the tired. Now, go and impose yourself on the game. It's nil-nil. We did, because we didn't set up as if we were going to win the game, Mick. I think we can all agree with that one. When we kicked off, it looked like we was. Then we retreated. Had a couple of chances, like, half chances, me and his head there. You know, Richardson blazing it over the bar last minute, the first half. Like some some things are just not right at the moment uh, for me, even even on the pitch. And you know, the Leicester game we worked hard and all that, but we defended for eighty five minutes. Uh, mm. You know, what 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 is our ambition? We need to ask yourself, ask ourselves the same question, and hopefully the players that will fizzle back this podcast, some of them will start listening into it, and hopefully they'll start listening to to the fans' point of view and. What we want to see a bit more of in games where we should be winning the game. Mm. End of story. End of story. Mm. Matt, uh, you look at the results against the lesser teams, and you know they are really poor compared to when we play against the so-called bigger teams in the league. Is it an attitude thing? Do you think? I think it's just a, a mentality, an attitude thing. Yeah, I think you're right there. Like Everton seem to play well and win games when we sit back against the bigger teams. When bigger teams come on to us, we can defend really, really well and catch them on the break. Everton seem to lack mm. ideas when we're going and we're playing against teams like Newcastle, West Ham, who sit back against us. I, I take what Carl said there about James Rodriguez, but James Rodriguez is a creator. He needs people to run into channels, make space. And if they're not doing that, then mm. he looks poor. But that's not his fault. Mm. Like, he mm. was trying to play balls through the eye of a needle to Coleman, who was running down the wing. But Coleman was starting his run then he was stopping his run, then he was starting it again, and Hamas didn't know where to play the ball. And then he was he was waiting for Dina to make that run run down the left-hand side, and then Dina was stopping as well. It was like they were afraid to get forward in fear of being caught in the counter-attack. I just don't know. Mm. I, I don't think we can blame Hamas at all today, really. He was trying his best to create stuff, and it wasn't happening. That ball that he fizzed into to Richardson that nearly took his head off, that was a sign of frustration. <laughs> there was no, there was no creativity there at all. But I don't think it was him. It was Richardson wasn't making moves. Um, Dominic Cavalloon, in fairness, didn't know where to move because Dominic Cavalloon was probably waiting for Dina to run into the space, and he wasn't. So it's very hard for for us to take out. It's, it's just, it's very hard. I think 
we need to be beating these teams at home if we want to even get Europa League, never mind Champions League. It's not good enough. Newcastle, like the lads say, are, are trying to stay in the league. They're not trying to win anything. They're not trying to get into Europe. They're just trying to stay in the, in the league. We need to beat them. We need to be relegating these type of things. And we're not doing that. And it's going to mm. be the same. It's going to be the same again for the rest of the season. And like I said before, those two games in hand mean absolutely nothing because the cream rises to the top and we're going to eventually end up fighting for that seventh spot again. And to be honest with you, I'd rather not be in the Europa League in that seventh spot because your season starts in July. And we don't have the squad for that either. Mm. Mm. Lee, just, just talking about the squad, don't get me wrong, 11 v 11, our 11 should be beating that Newcastle 11, no questions asked. But it is football and sometimes you need to look to your bench and this is another game that really epitomises that our squad is not good enough, isn't it? Mm. No, we all, we all know that, um, Mick, but I, I honestly don't think that's, that, that's the debate for today. Because we knew that before today, you know, we'll, we'll know that next week as well. That's not going to change today. The focus, I feel, needs to be on that eleven and that bench. You know, um, disappointing as it is, and and we all will concede it's not strong enough. I'm not where we'd like it to be. It's still strong enough to beat Newcastle. Um, but yeah, we, we I think Alan was starting to fully appreciate what a huge miss he is um, in terms of he. he he gets up and down the pitch. He's mobile. He breaks the lines. Um, because today, we again, it was another example. We are so easy to set up against. You just put two banks of four up against Everton or a five and a three, whatever. Just sit in. And we can't break you down because the likes of Gilfie Sigurdsson, um, everything's too slow. It's 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 pedestrian. That No one takes a man on. Awobi, I thought that's what, what his strength was. He, he didn't try and go past the man today. James um, Rodriguez, I don't think his game is necessarily you know going past the man and beating a man. He, he's a creator. He drifts in, he drops deep, he picks out brilliant passes. He's just brilliant at what he does. Bolt doesn't lie with him clearly. Um, but no, it, it, it's not good enough for the for the thing the game that, the game that we'd like to play um, because we seem incapable of of taking the game to, to teams because we simply haven't got the the skill set and the the quality to do it when teams sit in. You need that you need guile, you need movement, you need trickery, you need pacey little one twos, you know, breaking the lines, things like that. We don't seem to have the personnel to be able to do that. However, today against Newcastle, I think if we would have got in their face and matched them from minute one, made it a a battle, then I do think we would have um we'd have still come out on top in the game. But as it is, it's the same old story and Evertonians across the country and further afield are left thinking, like Carl said, where, where are we going? You know, it, it's it's two steps forward, one step back and it's becoming tiresome. It's becoming tiresome as, as a blue. You know, Ancelotti's demand to turn it round. You know, I've still, we've, all, we've all still got absolute faith in him. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's an indication that we're definitely not where we need to be and it puts massive pressure. Mickey made a cracking point before the podcast today around the pressure it now puts on that game um, on Wednesday against Leeds. You're putting pressure on yourself to go to go against these bigger uh, bigger and better sides and getting a result, whereas realistically we should have three points in the bag against a poor side and the old cliche, whatever you get against Leeds is a bit of a bonus or the pressure's off at least. Um, 
now, if we if we go to Leeds, who could realistically beat us on Wednesday? Because on the day, they're a good side. Man United, again, uh, at the weekend, you know, they're capable of beating us. Of course they are. You lose them two games and we are then we're, we're ninth, tenth. Whereas today, we, we were looking at, right, we win this game, we're, we're back in the top four with, it, with a couple of games in hand. It means nothing like Matt has really um, nicely pointed out. So, I think that sums it all up for me, Mick. Um, there's nothing really else to add to today. It's just a disappointing day all round and one that I want to quickly forget. Mm. Carl, just touching on what Lee's just said about Iwobi getting forward and it was the same on the other side, wasn't it, with Richarlison? I know Richarlison's been struggling for form, but the Newcastle fullbacks they, it's, they, they almost had their papers out today, didn't they? That Our wingers did not test them once and why aren't they going at them? Why aren't they, you know, trying to beat their men? Because Richarlison and Iwobi, you know, they're capable of doing it. So why aren't they doing it? Mm. I don't know. Don't know the answer to that, Mick. I really don't. Um, just touching back on Rodriguez, though, just to let the lads and put that one straight, that I wasn't blaming him for the, for anything today. Mm. But what I was trying to say is sometimes in games like today, you would have been better tired than them out and giving Rodriguez well more time on the ball yeah. to make them them passes. Not not to say that he, he is our main man, but I would have liked to have seen him come off the bench when they were a bit tired, maybe 60 or 65 minutes, and then started dictating the play and playing players in who, who can get behind. Um, but that's just, that's everyone knows that that, that is ability. Hansen, and I just thought it would have been better to get them tired and then bring him on because he looked tired, he looked leggy. So he was quality on the ball, but he, could, he didn't look like he had much energy in him. Um, so I thought it would have been better just keeping him on the benches like an ace card for when we couldn't unlock that, which we didn't. And then maybe he could have come on and changed the game. But in regards to Richardson, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about him a few times on this podcast, I've met most recently with uh, Rats and then Ball. He touched on him again last week. And uh, also Lee and Ben and myself had a little saying it. But I'm still, I'm still sitting on, on, on the... Uh, on the attitude that he, he he's not he, he's not playing well, is he in regards to himself? So what what he needs to do is he needs to sh- sh- show us why he's not doing that, or tell us why he's not doing that. He's sort of leaving the fans in limbo. We're all we're all waiting for him to do something majestic, like he has done for season on season on season. And it's like he's it's like he's going it's like he's retreating into himself and like he's getting the ball and he looks about 10 or 20 I don't know whether you agree with me this but he looks about 20 or 10 or 20 yards slower mm-hmm. he looks like he's gone really really slow um, I don't know whether he's put on weight or he's not recovered from that that, that head injury he had or that little concussion thing or the little niggly injuries that he's been getting I don't, I don't know Mick I can't put my finger on it I don't think he's he's unhappy. He might be unhappy that, it, that like Lee said, with no fans. I think he I think he is a fans pe- people like. But I mean, he he didn't go past that man Keo once today, did he? And that man Keo hasn't even been playing for them, by the way. Mm. He got brought in today, I think, as like a makeshift. Like, oh, he plays right back, but he hasn't been getting a stint because he just sold that Yedlin. So he replaced him. And I'm thinking, wow, yeah, you know, man Keo, he he didn't get you know results, and it's just like. Steak and and uh, spam, isn't it? Richardson being steak and being spam butties, you know, you'd expect him to just have, you'd expect him to absolutely screw him into the ground and make that that monkey call himself a, 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 a doctor to get off, you know, I'm injured, whatever. He didn't. He had a field day. He had slippers out, and you know, I don't, I don't know, Mick. Again, I'm, 
I'm, I'm sure I'm probably very, very upset today and, and a bit negative, but even Richarlison today, he, he still didn't play well for me and he's doing a great job defending. He won some great headers off corners in the first half and he was dogged again and he was he was energetic at defending. As soon as we got him in that final third, he just looked like he was swinging at anything and looked like he was trying too hard today, I thought. And I thought the goal might have settled him down. But mm. it clearly hasn't, and he, he's still he's still trying to be a little bit too selfish, if that makes sense. I've seen Dominic Carver Loom throw his hands up at him a few times. Um, you know, they sort of lost their little bit of chemistry as well, where they used to give each other the ball. You know, they both screaming for the goal. Dominic Carver Loom hasn't scored in six, I don't think, in the Prem mm. or five or something like that. So, but Carl, I don't think it is negative what you've just said there, and I think Evertonians get. You know, try and get one up on each other, saying, "Oh, don't be negative, whatever." That's not being negative, mate. Today, we're just offering a reflection of what we've seen. That's not negative. Yeah, no, it, I know. It's no, I know that. I just, no, so you don't need yeah, to apologise just... for me because I think it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, and, and, no, I get you know, that. The, the, there's no positive you can take from the game today. You, we, we, I think we'd sound a bit silly if we were trying to sit here and justify what we've just seen or try and gloss over. You know what we've just seen there. That that was just abysmal. And yeah, and about touching on, we're just touching on the charts. And I'll be honest with you, Lee, I, I think he needs an arm over the shoulder, on me, and you never know. He might listen into this one day and come over and give me a share yeah. of his scores. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like that to you then. Wait. On a personal level, his confidence level shot. His, his confidence. Yeah. He's he his head's down in it. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go too hard on the kid. Don't forget, he's a young lad. Oh, like, he's Brazilian. He, he hates the cold. You know, Borley Borley touched on it massively last week and or the other day. And you know, we've got to, we've got to look at him. He's a human being, and he's a young Correct. kid. He, you know, he's made he's made a big big commitment to come over here. He's got no fans. He's not he's not get, he's not gelling with anyone. He hardly speaks English. You know, I can only feel sorry for him in that regard. But obviously, his performance is not good enough. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. And, you know mm. the negativity. The negativity is going to surround him. Well, worse unless he gets himself out of this rut. Mm. And I think by getting out of the rut, it's to sometimes put an arm over him and say, "Come on, Richie. You know you've got it in the bag, mate. Let's let's see you stop being selfish. Let's see you maybe getting some assists before you score a goal. Because he he, he he doesn't even look like he wants to assist. He just looks like he head down, head down, and and have a go. You know. And without him, I'm fire. We're definitely not going to get anywhere in the near the top. I would say about Richardson mm. though as well. I think in relation to Richardson, like if you look at teams like Chelsea, okay, if Timo Werner isn't playing well, he's dropped and he's replaced with somebody who is either the same level of quality as him or just under. Everton have no. Yeah, it's a fair point. What you're going to say? Everton, yeah, yeah, I know. Everton don't have that. Everton don't point. have anybody to to replace Charleston with the same quality. Anthony Gordon, come on, but he's not at the same level of quality as Richardson. So. That there yeah. in itself lies an issue. We don't have the, squ- the squad depth or the squad quality to drop players when they're not performing. And like, if we if we actually had somebody on the left hand side where we could say to Richardson, right, you're not playing well the last couple of games, we're going to drop you for a couple of games, and then we'll bring you back into the fold. But we don't actually have the facilities to do that, and that's the issue. That's another issue. Like we all love Richardson. Richardson has been our shining light for the past two seasons. If it wasn't for Richardson, where where would we be? Yeah. But at the same time, we, we need to get a squad together now going forward where we have the ability to drop players and we don't have that at the moment. That's the issue. Mm. Mm. Lee, 
I know you're not going to like me for saying it, mate, but uh, Callum Wilson, he, uh, you know, he, he played very well today up top for Newcastle. And I know people have been saying Godfrey should start, Godfrey shouldn't start. But did Callum Wilson prove that Godfrey needs to start for Everton Football Club going forward with, with his channel runs, his pacey, he was powerful. And ultimately, he, he got himself two goals and, and, and he was probably, well, he was man of the match. Do you feel now that Godfrey needs to now start playing at either side at fullback to stop these channel balls and to stop these sort of strikers causing us problems? I think he needs to be um, he needs to be put in somewhere. Maybe we have to find a, a place for Ben Godfrey because uh, not only is he is he a, is he an athlete and and he's proven himself to be a top player, he also sets the tone. Um, you know, I, I don't think he would have allowed uh, people to be go around kicking. Uh, James Rodriguez and Richarlison without a little bit of retribution today. You know, he'll, he'll throw tackles in. He's aggressive. He's in people's face. Um, and he's quick. So, whether it be right-back or centre-back, if you were to put him in at right-back, he's, sh- he's shown that he's um, he's more than capable in the full-back position. He's right-footed, isn't he? Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it does Seamus Coleman offer more now? Obviously, in the past, we'd say, obviously, Coleman would offer more going forward. I dare say... He doesn't offer that anymore. Certainly not to the level that he uh, that he used to. So, I don't think we would be weakened in any way um, by putting Ben Godfrey in at right back. Um, he has to be a starter for me. Um, with reference to Callum Wilson, yeah, he had a good game today. He bullied us, uh, but we let him do it. And mm. again, uh, yeah, again, and and he hadn't scored for six or seven games. Mick, so there's six or seven other Premier uh, Premier League teams, and not all of them will have been top sides. Have managed to nullify him. We didn't today. Mm. So I'm not having it mm. for one second that Callum Callum Wilson's this top level striker because he isn't. Um, mm. But yeah, he had a good game today. He bagged two goals. He'd be laughing all the way uh, back to Newcastle this evening, thinking, "Can I play Everton every week?" Because whatever mm. whatever we do, it plays right into Callum Wilson's hands. And yeah, fair play to the lad. He's bagged himself two goals, and and. He, he could have had. He four. could have had more, and and yeah, he was he was man of the match today. But I think you've got to look at yourself. You've got to look at yourselves, and there was a lot more that we could have done. We we got so much wrong today that you don't even know where mm. to begin. Um, mm. but yeah, he was the difference. He was the difference today. Well, he wasn't. His goals were the difference today. Um, the difference today was Everton to a man were shockingly poor. Mm. Carl, looking at ourselves. Defensively, we've been pretty good over the last couple of months. We had a bit of a warning in the first half from a Callum Wilson header, which Jordan Pickford made a good, a smart save and tipped it over onto the bar and, and out for another corner. Wilson's first goal of the header was carbon copy. We didn't learn, did we? And we didn't pick him up. No, but you know he should have scored before that anyway, Mick. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know what the game plan was with him again. You know, just just wallop him. You know, he's, he's made of glass. Gets injured all the time. Get an opportunity there. If you're scared to play against him or you, you think he's like, he's got a little bit of bar, you've got to hit him first, Sal. You've got to make sure he knows he's in a game. That's what, that's what Newcastle did for us today. There was very little aggression from our players. The, the Newcastle players kicked, kicked lumps. The, Lu- yeah, the Newcastle players exactly kicked lumps out of our players for the whole of the first half and a bit of the second half. And not one of our players exactly. put in the tackle against their players. Exactly. Like if Godfrey or Allen, if Godfrey or Allen had been exactly. on the pitch today and seen what Shelby and the Cells were doing to Ilfi and Rodriguez, they would have sourced them out and they would have taken lumps out of them yeah, for ten mean, minutes of that game. Touching, touching on, on, on that. Gomez and Sigurdsson yeah, yeah. and James Rodriguez 
aren't an no, aggressive I, midfield. And to be fair, the core doesn't really put in that many strong tackles either. He's very tidy. He cleans up play. But nobody is there to go through something. Godfrey would literally run through a ball for that game. And he needs to be starting every week. Again, you know, he's going to leave the club winning absolutely nothing. Oh no, did he win that friendly? Not many people won that. I think he won that, yeah. Um I know. Uh, <laughs> well we have. <laughs> Not many people have lost to Newcastle, West Ham and Southampton either yeah, yeah. trying to saddle to the top six. So <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, look, as Mick said then, we don't we don't seem to learn our lesson. That's 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 a little bit of a scary Fourth, that isn't it. We, we, you know, we give him a free header and Pickford pulled a great save off. To be fair to him, but I think I think he could I couldn't could have done better for the other person. I think that header's miles away. I think that header's absolutely miles away. Like come to think of it, now he's like running. He's running away from the goal and he flicks his head into the far yeah, corner. Should never be scored. I mean, wow. twelve yards. Out. I'm not too sure whose fault it is. Like on that one, but I'm, I'll I'd like to see that again tonight or later on and just see. Any another angle from it because when he got through Callum Wilson on his last goal, did you see how far yeah, yeah. it was over? Mm. He was standing on his left hand yeah, post, and Callum Wilson just passed it into yeah. the left hand, uh, yeah, onto the right hand side. Mm. There, there was a massive goal in front of him and Pickford by the post. I mean, if they, they did say he had an injury or something, and he got all his angles wrong, that's what he said on the commentary. Like, but I could just be backing him again. I mean, I was surprised he even started to stay. That's another conversation for another day. <laughs> but yeah, according to Callum Wilson, mate, I thought. He absolutely bullied us and would Ben Coffrey have dealt with him today? 110%, yeah, he would have. But I thought he started off with the right team, in my opinion, with the attack and fall backs. Let's get at these. Let's dictate the pace. The, get, the whistle went and we would cease yeah. it. I couldn't believe it. I asked you the question if he's down mind. Mm. So, do you yeah, think that it. Everton fans need to become a bit more um, realist when it comes to Everton's um, expectations? Also, also realise that hundred percent. Carlo needs to have a, a, maybe another two or three transfer windows to actually get his own squad. He's still dealing with like Martinez players and stuff like that. So we do. You, do you think everyone does need to realise that? Yeah, yeah I think Mick- I think it's a work in progress, and I think we all need to realise that. I think Carlo Ancelotti's probably got a plan, and it's probably a, a two three year plan. If we're all honest, um, we've had a couple of good runs, a run of results, which is probably. You know, made all us start to dream or even start to think we're ahead of where we're probably at. Um, I think today, especially, it's a reality check for every Evertonian, but it's also a reality check for the Everton Football Club. Mm, Uh, Definitely. And I think the fact that Carlo Ancelotti didn't make any subs bar Gomez, I think that's almost and also a a question mark to the board to say, look what I'm having to work with on the bench. I have nothing. And I know we could say, well, Bernard and Tosin, they would have been on the bench, but we all know they're not the answer anyway. They're not good enough for Everton Football Club, regardless of where we're trying to go. So I think, it's a, I think it might be a sort of a message sent to the board today with Angelotti not making any changes um, to say, I've got nothing to bring on, so what do you expect me to do? But I also do feel that it is a work in progress. And I think we have to have a couple more transfer windows, especially with the pandemic. And this window especially has been very quiet. I think a couple more windows before we can really start to judge, at least judge Carlo Ancelotti. And like Lee did say earlier, I'm not questioning Carlo Ancelotti any way, shape or form. He is the man to take us where we need to go. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to be patient with this, with this football club. We're going to have to be. Matt, um, Matt, for me, Mick, I'm sorry to jump in. For me, in terms of Everton's, Everton fans' expectations, I can only speak from my personal point of view. It comes from desperation. And 
and years and yeah. years of frustration. So when we get these glimpses of hope and it looks like we're getting somewhere and you think, yes, come on, it, it's happening. And then you get days like today yes. on repeat. It's just, it's but Lee, Lee, do you think we've overachieved um, this season? Yeah, I do. I do. I think if we if we didn't have Carlo Ancelotti in, in the in the technical area there, Matt, we would yeah we'd be nine points worse off because he's he's somehow managed to muster three points uh, when we've been depleted and things like that purely because of his yeah. tactical nous. Um So yeah, I do think there's a a level of um, over expectancy, but we've spent let's not kid ourselves a hell of a lot of money since what 2015 16. The, the start of the Machiri era, era, and more often than not, we've got it wrong. Um, and I think Evertonians have got it in the head. Okay, we're, mix, we've, we're we've got the financial clout now. We're, we're mixing it with the big boys. We've on the pitch. We've you know we've, we've brought in James Rodriguez, and the team gives us these little glimpses of of being a top side. A top. I I use those words in midweek. Top side. I feel embarrassed now saying that. I, I look at right. I look at right, Wally. My answer to it, Matthew, is I think Lee's right there. I think I'm mixed points of valid as well. But I think when we got this investment and uh, Mashiri stepped in and everyone started seeing the £200 million and as a war chest to go and buy players, instantly everyone thought, oh, where we go? Yeah. We're the next Man City. Like, I'd be lying if I never said that myself. Mate, in my head, I was thinking, well, we'll end up with the likes of Rubinho and all that, that type of player, you know, a big pin-up guy. And we, we went out and spent... I, don't, I can't remember, was it 200 million on about yeah. 11 players or close to? Mm. I mean, and out of them 11 players, we kept one, maybe two. Um, so I think, you know, the enthusiasm from the Everton fans is also, we, we have got the financial backing and then the anticipation of us doing well comes with that. And I think every time we, we don't do well, we, we go, well, we've got that on paper. Why can't we do it on the, on, on the pitch? We've gone through four managers now we've got Ancelotti in place. Now it's the time for us as fans realize, yeah. realize what we've got, and um, you know take the next steps gradually, like you said. Then two or three transfer windows, and then hopefully after that we'll be we'll be a team to be reckoning with. But you know that that's that's another question, isn't it, to come when it when it happens. But what I want to say is just before mm. we go off that point mm. is. Look at what Carlo's done since he's came in. He's brought in Alan, he's brought in Decore. And now I know Decore probably would have came to the club if Carlo wasn't there anyway. And he's brought in like James Rodriguez and stuff like that. We're finally seeing now over the last couple of weeks the end of players' contracts. Like going forward, this summer is going to be a massive transfer window. We're going to have to get a right back in. We're going to have to get a right winger in. We're going to have to get support for Calvert Lewin. And with all these players getting off the books, we we do we are starting to get that war chest back again. But this time, Carlo is going to be in charge of it. And we have to be positive. I think we have to be patient as well. I know we've been patient for the last 25 years, as a lot of people like to remind us, and 30 years they like to remind us of all that. <laughs> but we have to be patient for another couple more months and, and maybe another year. Because if you can give Carlo Ancelotti a squad of 23, 24 players and tell him that he can sign four or five more, He's definitely going to bring in quality. He's going to replace players in the squad that are better than what's there already. And he's done that already with Godfrey. He's done that already with Alan. He's done it with the Curry. He's done it with James. Can you imagine what he can do when he's told he has 600 grand in wages to spend and 100 million? It's going to be... These are things we have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And like Lee said, it's the, it's the expectation that kills you. But 
we have to expect bigger and better things in the next couple of years. And I think it is exciting time to be an Everton fan. And I think this season, we just have to try and fight for that top six. If we don't get there, we don't get there. But with Carlo at the helm, we can attract players. And it's going to be a really, really interesting summer. I've got a good question just before you move on to your what next one. Ancelotti's at the helm now and we can all see you. We're struggling with the FFP. We can't give him the funds that he needs. Okay, yeah, we're, we're getting rid of the wage bill. If if an opportunity came up that Richarlison was linked with £80 million move and Carlo Ancelotti was still the manager and he was promised £100 million from the sale, what would your decision be? Um, I think I think it's all relative. I mean, in the past, we've sold big players, say like Lukaku. And it's the same with managers when people say, you know, sack a manager. I'm, I'm just going to use it as an example. It's who's out there. Who can we go get? It's all very well having 80 million in the bank. But if you can't sign someone good with it, then between us fans, it's useless. The money doesn't affect us. The people on the pitch affect what our lives. In regards to your question, 80 million for Richarlison, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a player. I love Richarlison. You all know I'm, I speak very highly of him, Lee, Carl, who, who listens to me quite a lot. Um, but I think we'd have to seriously consider it. And I, I'd go as far as saying any of our players at Everton Football Club for around 80 million. We, I'm sure the board would have to seriously consider it, wouldn't they, for any one of our players, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, but I think, you said, I think it's, it's, I it's who you it bring well. in. Only, you can only sell Charleston for 80 million yeah. if, if you're to bring in two players exactly. who are the same standard. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's why Ancelotti... That's, the, that's, the mistake exactly. that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Ancelotti yeah. gets yeah. it as, as Ancelotti can breed the, the new players in pretty quickly, you know what I mean? At the moment, is he, are we cashed up because the FFP? Is he not getting them funds because of this? I don't know. What the, that's why it's... I believe it. I believe it's the wages, Carl. I've, I've been led to believe it's the wages that is the problem at Everton Football Club. Um, you know the likes of Yannick Balassi, Mo Besic, and and the list goes on. Even like Bernard Tosin, okay. even like Jonas Lossel, who's now heading out the door. It's those sort of players that have been handcuffed in Everton Football awesome. Club from bringing in a couple more additions. But like Matt has said, yeah. this summer is a big summer for the club. A lot of people are coming to the end of their contracts. They're being moved yeah. on. Even the likes of Theo Walcott down at Southampton. His contract's up. We're still, I think we're going 50% and 50% with Southampton. So we're still paying half of his wages as it stands. And now he's on 100 grand a week. So there's another 50K. So it, it is a work in progress and it is going to take a couple of more windows. But like Matt has touched on, he made a very good point. All of Ancelotti's current business that he's bought in have, have, have improved Agreed. the football club. There's no doubt about it. He hasn't got, he hasn't got one transfer signing wrong yet. Um, I'm sure he will. We're all, you know, you, everyone's human. But at the moment, he hasn't got one wrong um, so I do feel like Matt said over the next this window and maybe January next year, maybe the summer, there is some big summers and big Januaries ahead of us, especially for the windows. Um, and we've got to get it right. We've got to get it right because at the moment the squad is is paper thin and it's it's, it's not good enough quality wise. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I know Lee's touched on it a number of times. Lee, you'd love someone to be able to, you know, you'd like a proper winger, Lee, wouldn't you? You can beat a man. Yeah, I do, because I think that that's the difference in these games, like today, where we're expected to win and teams sit in. And you can't blame Newcastle for doing that, or anyone else, for that matter. You know, you, they know what they are and what they're capable of. They're not going to come out and, and attack uh, Everton or any other team above them, for that matter. So, when teams do that, we need to have players who can hear people and pace and get beaten a man. Is what is what changes those games, you know? Okay, because it goes okay, okay, yeah, okay, fine. Sit in against us, we'll just beat you. 
you'll still get in behind the lines. You know, you see City. I, I, I'd say, aside from possibly Liverpool and, well, not even Tottenham now under Mourinho, Liverpool and Man United, Man City, the other 17 teams will sit back and put 10 men behind the ball against them and they still win nearly every week because they've got the, those type of players who can beat a man. Um, I'm struggling. We, we haven't got any or certainly not got enough of those type of players. So, yeah, I want us to go out and, and buy like an exciting... That, that fellow who came on for them, that like St. Maximan, whatever. St. Maximan. Yeah. Put your Someone teeth like in that, the... You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, some, someone like him, um, someone who gets, gets you off the edge of your seat, bit of pace, bit of trickery, um, is exactly I what agree, we need. Um, so, I, but I trust, I trust, well, we've, we've, we've said this before, Ancelotti's the man to do it. You, Matty, you've, Hit the nail on the head there. He's he's got it right. His record in the transfer window for Evans so far is impeccable. So, yeah, it's all it, we're, we're we're justified in being d- doom and gloom um, about that result today, but not the bigger picture. Um, the bigger picture is a lot brighter, and uh, with Ancelotti at the helm, I, I trust that he'll sort out this mess. I'm sure he'll have a he'll have a whiteboard in his office, right? And he he knows he knows what we know. The players that need to go. You know, it's not like the past where we've we we get frustrated where we, we're looking at managers going, why can't he see he's crap? Why can't he see he's not up to it? You know, why does he persist with him? With him, I don't get that vibe from Ancelotti. I think he knows who's not good enough and who he wants to keep, um, and he'll have ideas of who he wants to bring in as well. I just don't think we're in the position whether that that's to do with the current financial climate due to the pandemic, the January market being notoriously slow. He's just not in the position to act upon it just now. But certainly in the summer, mm-hmm. I think we'll see um, further quality additions coming in. And I think the future will be bright. It's just, it's so hard having to put up with the here and now and the, and the constant mm. disappointment. We'll see. Mm. Guys, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. We will be back Thursday morning at 9am with all the fallout and the results at our trip to Leeds United. Guys, in the meantime, take care, look after yourselves, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. you.